You're listening to the Mid-Career GPS Podcast, episode 89. I had an opportunity to spend some time in the car this weekend. And one of the things I enjoy doing, especially when I'm alone in the car by myself, is get caught up on podcasts that I've been meaning to listen to or re-listen to some of my favorite episodes because I want to go back and learn something new from them. But there are times when I shut off the radio or I shut off the podcast and I think about things that are going on in my career or in my life, and I just enjoy that quiet time. Well, one of the things that came out from this weekend's drive were two things that I would do differently in my career if I had the opportunity to go back and do it all over again. So my friends, I'm going to share with you the podcast episode that I talked through in the car just a couple of days ago, because I want these two things to be for you, things that will inspire you and motivate you so you don't make the same mistakes I do, but also to share with you some of the roadblocks I encountered and how I'd go about them just a little bit differently. This is the Mid-Career GPS Podcast. I'm your host, John Narrell. I'm here to help you show up to find the job you love or love the job you have using my proven four-step formula. It's time to start building your mid-career GPS, so let's get started. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Now, as we're in the middle of March and spring break is approaching, you might be looking for some things to add to your reading list, whether you're looking to actually hold the book or you are ready to add it to your device. I want to offer you, I have two books that can absolutely help you tell some really great stories and give you a few things to consider. My first book is called Show Up, Six Strategies to Lead a More Energetic and Impactful Career. My second book is called Your Mid-Career GPS, Four Steps to Figuring Out What's Next. They're available on Amazon, your favorite retailers. And by all means, I hope you will go and pick up those books. And let me help you figure out how you want to show up in your life and career and figure out whatever is next. And if you happen to be reading the book while you're lounging out on the beach or at the resort, send me a photo, tag me on LinkedIn at John Narrell or on Instagram at John Narrell Coaching. Love to see that out there. So thank you so very, very much. Today's episode, as I mentioned, is an opportunity for me to go back and share a couple of things that I would do differently in my career if I had the opportunity to. I started my teaching career immediately after college in 1991. I taught for two years. My contract was not renewed because I was teaching in a private Catholic school. I did not have a desire to pursue a master's degree in theology because I happened to be teaching in the religion department at the time. I got out. I did some different things. I worked in the bowling industry for a while, and then I made a decision to go back to graduate school, get my master's degree in teaching and a minor in mathematics. And I taught mathematics for 14 years at a wonderful school district in Northern New Jersey. I share that with you because I want to put some things in context. I taught at this district from 1996 to 2010. 
And here were some milestones that happened during that time. Social media. LinkedIn started in 2002. Facebook started in 2004. Twitter in 2006. And Instagram in 2010. And for those of you who are on TikTok, 2016. In the 14 years that I was a middle school mathematics teacher, four major social media networks launched during that time that are still around today. I mean, we're not talking about MySpace, um, for those of you who remember that. We're not talking about um, landline modems and having to hear the, uh, the telephone try to connect and you waited minutes to get connected online. We don't even think anything of it. We just tap our smartphone and everything is there in the palm of our hand. I share that timeline with you because here is one of the things that I wish I had done differently as I was growing my career. And that was creating more content. Right now, there are so many opportunities for you to create content and add value online that allows you to build a no like, and trust factor with people in your, in your network. Yes, those platforms were not available to me when I first started my career. But here's the other piece. Where I was working was very social media phobic. We were strongly discouraged to be on social media. LinkedIn was okay because it was a professional platform, but as a teacher, when you are in the throes of lesson plans and grading papers and all of the extracurricular stuff you're helping out at school with and things, there wasn't really time in the day to be on a social media platform and creating content, or so I thought. I want to be clear that I strongly believe, and this is my personal belief, that there needs to be a very clear and delineated mark between professional and personal. There are things that you can share that build that no like, and trust factor. But if I have a, a fight with my spouse, I'm not airing that out on social media. That is not fair to him, nor is it fair to our relationship. It is not something we do. I don't post pictures of my dinner. That's just not something I find exciting. Now, if I was at a really nice restaurant or something, maybe, but usually I don't. I don't do those kind of things. If you show up and you set the ground rule for what you want to post, when I say that I wish I had gone back and created more content, it was about putting things out there that were motivational, inspirational, professional in nature that would have established my credibility and brand a little quicker. And other professionals would have found it useful. There are several people who I follow on social media. Some of them happen to be teachers. They are younger. They produce some really, really great content, in my opinion. But 
I don't know if that would have been the kind of stuff I would have done. You know, it might've been things like, here's a great article about instructional practices, or here's, here's a way I taught this concept in my classroom. The idea behind creating more content was putting myself out there in a way that I established my expertise. I showed up and used my genius, which is one of my show up six strategies, in a way that was to serve or help other people in my professional community. And working in a place that was very social media phobic, we were not encouraged to do those kind of things. I remember administrators coming to me and saying, you really shouldn't be on Facebook because it's, it's not helpful and, and students are going to find you and you shouldn't be connecting with students. Well, I wouldn't be connecting with students anyway. Those were things that I allowed somebody else's thoughts to determine how I was going to act or behave in a way that at the time I felt was best. But looking back, I could have. I could have found ways to share my knowledge, my expertise, my value, find ways to grow my network that would have been very professionally focused. Now, looking back, I don't think I missed out on a whole lot. But here's the thing when it comes to creating content. There is something you do. And there is something you do that you believe you do better than anybody else. You have thoughts and opinions and expertise that you could share on an appropriate social media platform that would build a following that people would resonate with. If you were to post something on LinkedIn, let's say, that was motivational or inspirational, or even just commented on somebody else's post, you're finding ways to create that content that establishes you as an authority in the space. It is one of the ways social media allows us to do this much quicker now. And for people who are in, let's say, their early 40s, their mid 40s, there may be some level of hesitation there or reluctance to put something out there on social media because A, you don't know how to do it. B, you're afraid that somebody is not going to like it. Or C, you might be afraid of some type of repercussion if your company were to find it. Now, the repercussions on your company end would be if you said something online that was professionally damaging to your company, or you were sharing proprietary material out online that would be a huge legal complication for you. I'm not talking about anything like that. What I'm talking about is how could you, in a way, share what is important to you out there and find other people who resonate with that message. As a business owner, as an entrepreneur, uh, as somebody who operates in this space, that is something I do for my business. I question why I didn't do that sooner. Why didn't I build my network more intentionally? And that is the second thing I would go back and do differently. 
is to network in a way where it was not only more intentionally, but it was more specific around the kind of people I wanted to have in my network. You may find this as well, but one of the things about being a teacher is that you get very much locked into September to June. That is when school is happening. There really isn't time for you to network because you're under contract. If you are tenured, you know your job is safe. And why pull other people into your network? Because you don't feel like you really need to do that. I had my mid-career moment when I was 14 years into this teaching job and I left and went somewhere else. Had my network been a little bit bigger or grown more intentionally where I had other education professionals who were in my network, who knows what opportunities may have presented themselves to me because I was better at networking. There was absolutely a time in my career where I felt networking wasn't something I needed. And now, as I'm in this space, networking is a huge component to each and every week. It is why I do so much on LinkedIn. And if we're not connected, please, by all means, connect with me there. It's why I spend so much time there because that's where I feel most comfortable. I'm not on Twitter. I have a Twitter account, but I I find Twitter to be really difficult and challenging to keep up with. So I just don't do it. I have a private Facebook group. I have a business page on Facebook. I have all the things, but LinkedIn is where I love to hang out. Building my network more intentionally is a skill that I have developed over time because I just do it more often. There's levels in how we network. And if you think about it on LinkedIn, the easiest thing to do is all of the people you went to school with, you worked with, and very quickly you get a few dozen, maybe a few hundred people on LinkedIn. And then you find the people who do similar work that you do and you connect with them. And as my friend Rhonda Schur says all the time, you you wanna get to that 500 number on LinkedIn because the algorithm just plays differently with you when you're there on LinkedIn. But from that point on, growing your network more intentionally with people who you connect with, you value, you trust, who are in the same kind of professional space, who work with the companies you respect and could see yourself working for someday, people who have larger followings, or people who you just find are doing some fascinating work that you'd love to be connected to. And here's the other piece, networking more intentionally because you know you can help them in some way. One of the joys about being a mid-career professional is that you know how you can help somebody or who you can connect them to in your network. And in doing so, you then become a valuable networking resource and connection for somebody. So to simply say, how can I help you? Who can I connect you to? Networking in that way is all about relationship building. 
build those kind of relationships. You may work for a company that truly values and respects the work that you do. And the last thing they would want is for you to leave. Networking doesn't mean you are going to leave. If you are concerned that your LinkedIn following is going to go from 500 to 700 and someone in your workspace is going to go, oh, they're growing their network. They're probably going to leave. That's their thought. Let them have their thought. That's not yours. Why are you growing your network? Why is that important to you? Looking back, I could think of dozens of reasons with people that I could have connected with that I didn't, that I wish I had at the time. I don't know how things would have turned out. And honestly, things turned out really, really well. So I'm not sitting here saying I should have, would have, could have, and I wish things came out differently. That's not the point here. The point is learning how to network and finding a way that felt really good for me. I feel like now I'm in my jam. Like I'm in that space where I know how to network and build relationships with people and ask for things when appropriate, but more importantly, be this connector, this this online resource for people to share things that would be super helpful for them. And when I think back on my career, if I had created more content, I would have found my voice a little quicker. I would have found a way that my expertise and my knowledge and and what I could share would have come out sooner, stronger, and better than what I did. I firmly believe that. And secondly, if I networked more intentionally, the people who would be in my circle, the people who whenever I needed to ask something for or to be of service to, would have been just a little bit bigger and it would have been really great to have played in that space at that time. Again, everything worked out well, no complaints. But my invitation to you this week is just to think about what that means. What would it mean for you if you found a way to create more content right now? Do a post on LinkedIn or on social media. If you have a side hustle or a passion or an interest that you're really, really excited about, share it, post something about it, see who connects. And building your network more intentionally is just finding the people who you want to be in their circle with and they want to be in yours. Don't just accept some rando connection request from somebody. I get probably five to seven solicitations every day, be it in my email or my LinkedIn invites. And there'll be things like, do you want to grow your business to seven figures? And I'm like, delete, 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 delete. I'm going to leave you with this one story. And this is a story about never saying no. So here's what happened. The beginning of the year, I made a promise to myself that on LinkedIn, I would connect with anybody as long as they weren't soliciting something, they were trying to help me grow my business to seven figures and all those kind of messages and things like that. But 
if they were in a career or leadership type space, I was going to say yes if they sent me a connection request. So a couple of months ago, I get an email, in, uh, an invite on LinkedIn from somebody and they don't hit all of the boxes. They're a little younger than who I typically work with. They were mentioning that they were hosting a summit. And I was getting ready to click ignore. And I said, nope, I promised myself I was going to give this person a fair shot. So I took a look at their profile. And I did. And I accepted the connection request and I sent a message back and I said, hey, could you tell me a little bit more about the summit? I'm not really sure I'm an ideal person for this, but let me know. And they were doing a summit for junior entrepreneurs, not my ideal community, not my target audience. And I was really upfront with that. And I said, look, I want to be perfectly clear. I'm not your guy. I'm not in that kind of space, nor am I willing to do any kind of sponsorship. However, there is something about you. There's something about your profile that I would like to get to know a little bit more. And so if you're up for having a virtual coffee, here's my calendar. Let's set something to connect. I really don't know where this is going to go. And he did, because that was a nice thing to do. And so I just set the ground rule right off the bat. And I was like, I don't know where this is going to go, but let's see. And I started asking him questions. And he told me more about the event. And I was like, well, let me see if there's somebody who in my network I know might be of, of a good resource, but nobody is initially coming up to mind, but feel free to farm my LinkedIn network if there's somebody there. And he asked me who I wanted to be connected to in his network. And I told him, and I said, you know, I'm actually trying to grow out the public speaking portion of my business this year. I'm looking to connect with companies or organizations that are looking for keynote speakers, or they are looking for people who could come in and talk at a team meeting. Um, if there's book clubs, let's say, around either of my books, and if there's uh, a leadership workshop or something that they're doing. And additionally, if you happen to know anybody at a college or university, connection at a career center or leadership center would be great as well. And he said to me, well, let me think on that. He goes, but somebody actually comes to mind. And he's like, may not be a direct connection, but they might be able to put you in touch with somebody. Well, he came through. He connected me to somebody, talked to her. She said, you know what? I know somebody you need to be talking to for all that speaking stuff. And she made a connection. And that connection hired me for a speaking gig. And you know what? The connection that he initially set me up to, I connected her to somebody in my network for some services that she provides. All because I didn't say no. Had I wrote this person off because they didn't fit my ideal community or I didn't want to give them a chance, None of this would have happened. That's why networking more intentionally is going to help you along your career path. Don't wait until you're 52 years old to start growing your network. Grow your network now. Build those relationships because 
When you're faced with a career pivot, if you are unexpectedly laid off, if you are terminated for whatever reason, and you need to rally the troops and gather your network together to see who may be able to connect you, now is the time to do it. Research shows that networking is the number one way to land a new job because oftentimes those jobs are not listed on job boards. So building your network is going to help you in more ways than you ever imagined. So wrapping up, create more content, build your network more intentionally. If we are not connected on LinkedIn, let's do that. And secondly, come join my private Facebook group. It's a great way and a safe space to network with people outside of LinkedIn who, like you, are all trying to figure out whatever is next for their career. So you can link up to it in the show notes, but go to Facebook, search for your mid-career GPS and come into my private Facebook group. But until next time, my friends, remember, we build our mid-career GPS one mile or one step at a time and how we show up matters. Make it a great rest of your day. If you enjoyed today's episode and don't want to miss another one, follow on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen and kindly remember to rate and review. Visit johnnarrell.com to download your free job search tracker and other free mid-career GPS resources right there on my homepage so you can start building your mid-career GPS. Come join my private Facebook group at Your Mid-Career GPS and join an amazing community of people like you who are all working to figure out whatever is next for themselves and their careers. And don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn and follow me on social at John Narrow Coaching. I'll see you next time.